the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. And a good morning to you. Push that button and get rid of that echo for me, if you would, Mr. Booth. Ten minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock, that's much better. Appreciate it. Welcome to Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. As I say, ten minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Monday, the 14th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Appreciate you uh, being with us this morning. We have a lot of very important work to do and a lot of very important things to talk about. They're still not done counting. That is to our great national shame. I will speak on that. I will have a guest who is going to speak on that. I will have a couple of guests, actually, who are going to speak on that as we get into the program this morning. Coming up in a half an hour, we're going to talk, as we do every Monday, to the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, the man that I hope will be the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, a man that I have expected would be the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, but I can no longer claim with certainty that's going to happen. Because as we have continued to watch this national embarrassment that we call our election system, over the course of the last six days, still not settled, how how in the name of all that is holy on God's green earth can we still be sitting here saying there are 19 
House seats left in play. But there are. Current totals, six days after the election closed, 212 for the Republicans, 204 for the Democrats. That's 19 left in play. How are we not done counting? How? It's not possible. It's not legitimate. It's not believable. It is not trustable. It is none of those things. And so I can no longer trust that the Republicans are going to even have a simple House majority and that Jim Jordan will be leading the uh, uh, Judiciary Committee and that leadership in the Oversight Committee and all these other things would finally bring some of those on the radical extremist left and hold them to account for everything that they are doing in violation of the Constitution. We can't even say that now with certainty. They need six more, the Republicans do, of the remaining 19. They need six of the remaining 19 to get to 218. Do you believe they're going to get there? Do you have faith that as they continue to count votes, or rather as they continue to try to figure out how many more votes they need to manufacture and print in order to steal the House as well as the Senate? Do you have any faith? I am at a point where I have absolutely no faith whatsoever in the integrity of our elections system. None. Zero. Nil. The left would call me an election denier. Of course, when they lose elections, they say the same things, except without any evidence whatsoever. But I have no faith whatsoever, because I do not believe that every polling service in America, underscore every, every polling service in America had the same answers going into last Tuesday. A Republican landslide in both chambers of the Congress and in almost all of the gubernatorial races Do you believe that it's possible for 100% of the polling services who make their money based on their accuracy, do you believe that every polling service in America who didn't predict predict a narrow victory but predicted a massive Republican victory were all wrong? Really? Do you believe that? Because there is not a chance on earth that they were all that off. Let me rephrase. Can you identify one single polling service that showed a Democrat victory in the midterm elections in either chamber of Congress? Name one. NBC? Nope. ABC? Nope. Washington Post? Nope. New York Times? Nope. Rasmussen? Nope. Trafalgar, nope. You name the poll, I cannot find one single polling service that said the Democrats are going to win and maintain the the, uh, Senate and maintain the House. None of them said that. How can every single one of them have been so wrong? And my answer is, they weren't. We have been duped. We have been hoodwinked. We have been robbed. And the method of that robbery, well, the methods, plural, are myriad. There are a lot of ways in a lot of different places that these things are being conducted under our very noses, and they're still going on. Because here we sit, 
six days after the voting closed, six days after the polls closed and the votes were, were, were due, they're still counting them, and 19 House seats are left in play. It cannot be legitimate. It just can't. It can't be, and it isn't. And we're going to talk about it. Jim Jordan will be with us at uh, 9.35, and at uh, uh, 10.10, we're going to talk to an old friend. We haven't talked to Wayne Allen Root in some time now. Wayne Allen Root in Las Vegas is going to join us. He put a piece together that I read in the Daily Pundit, uh, or excuse me, that the in the uh, Gateway Pundit, that kind of covers this up and down. And he cites some of the same polls that I'm talking about right now and the impossibility of them all being wrong. I mean, we're talking about if you were to flip a coin 100 times, what are the odds that it will land on heads 100 times? Um, none at all. Not a chance. That's kind of like what happened here. For all of these predictions to be wrong, for all of them to have just been guesses and games of chance, and for everything to come up blue, is just impossible. It just is. And so we're going to talk about it. And just understand something, too. This isn't about sour grapes complaining. It's about literally questioning the integrity of the system, because now going forward, we have to wonder, will there ever be another fair election in America? I wasn't expecting to have to ask that question or answer that question, but now it's there in front of us. Will we ever be able to trust that we will have another fair election in America? The rampant expansion of mail-in voting that is unchecked and unverifiable is incredible. It is, it is impossible to comprehend. The massive effect of early voting, because that's what's going on here with all these races that aren't uh, being called yet, is there, quote-unquote, there's another batch that just... Has anybody asked you that? I'm going to talk to Jim Jordan about this, too. Has anybody asked that or answered that? What does this mean? I just heard the latest batch to drop in Arizona favored Kerry Lake 55 to 45 or something like that. So there's a good chance that uh, when they're all done being counted that Kerry Lake will, will win the governor's uh, race in um, Arizona. And people are all focused on the result rather than the, what do you mean the latest batch to drop? What the hell does that mean? Where have they been? Where are they dropping from? They were cast six days ago. Where are those ballots sitting that they are just now being, quote-unquote, dropped? And when is the next batch going to drop? What does that even mean? I'm looking for a legitimate, real layman's answer. All of the votes that were due to be cast in that state by the end of uh, 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 voting on Tuesday, last Tuesday, November 8th, Where are they sitting that they are just being counted and slow counted over the course of days and days and days? And how many more days will it be, by the way, before the next batch is dropped? And all of the batches, where are they sitting? And why are they not being counted by as many counters as they can possibly get? Overseen, of course, by poll watchers and observers. I I, I legitimately don't know. I don't trust that we will ever have another fair election in this in this in this country again whether it be the mules issue whether it be the corruption of the voting machines whether it be the counters and the system of crap that we are seeing right now Maricopa County Pennsylvania I don't know but all I know is um at this point in time republicans are looking for answers how did we not win what should have been a red wave democrats are cheering share 
left-wing um, octogenarian, I think, still thinks she's a sexy performer, Cher, tweeted last night, I'm still crying, I'm out dancing in the streets because we won. Democrats are dancing in the streets, Republicans are scratching their heads, and poll services are going, what do we get so wrong? And the answer is they couldn't factor in fraud. You can't factor in fraud to a poll, can you? I know I didn't. I'm just as guilty. I was screaming red wave, red wave, while trying to be responsible and telling you, however, red wave will not happen unless you not only go and vote, but you take other red voters to the polls with you. Get all of them out there, or the red wave will never materialize. So is it Republican turnout? Is it just flat-out election interference? Is it election fraud? All of those questions are on the table, and there are so many different uh, people that we need to to give us answers. So there's a lot to do here. I want to unpack it, and I want to talk with you. First of all, before I go to our Pledge of Allegiance, thank you, Peter Kersenow, for sitting in for me for the second consecutive Friday. I was in uh, Washington, D.C. on Friday, for those who do not know and do not recall. Um, I was blessed to be a part of a phenomenal ceremony. And by the way, for those who don't believe in providence, um, it was pouring all night and all morning from Thursday night into Friday morning through Friday morning um, in Washington, D.C., kind of the early outer bands of the hurricane that had been coming up through Florida. And um, our entire event was um, under threat of being washed away. Now, we would not have let it be washed away. We were going to perform that ceremony in honor commemorating or celebrating the addition of the D-Day prayer to the World War II Memorial. We were going to do it come rain or shine. If we had to stand in the rain, we'd have stood in the rain. So we were ready to go. But it is just remarkable. Our event was scheduled to start at 1130. And at 1125, the rain stopped. And it was dry for almost the entirety of the 90-minute ceremony. There was a brief little drizzle in the middle of it where I, standing at the podium and speaking as the MC, had to pull out the umbrella so that my notes didn't get wet in front of me. I didn't have them laminated. I didn't know. I probably should have. Um, but And then that stopped. And then we were clear for the rest of the ceremony. And after the ceremony, of course, as we got into the afternoon, the rains came back. But God gave us a, like a two-and-a-half-hour window to do our uh, to you know, to conduct our, our ceremony and our celebration of the D-Day prayer being added to the World War II Memorial. It was a phenomenal uh, event featuring faith and freedom and the marriage thereof. And uh, I, was just, I was just humbled to be a part of it. Thank you to Chris Long once again, pastor of, uh, and uh, president of the uh, Ohio Christian Alliance. It was his labor of love. He started this thing over 11 years ago took so much of his life and dedicated it to fundraising, getting through bureaucratic uh, obstacles, getting sponsorship in the House and in the, uh, in the Senate to, to allow the prayer to be added to the public memorial against the objections of you know those who don't believe in faith, don't have faith. Uh, Chris just did some amazing things, and to, uh, to have been invited to be a part of that ceremony with Bill Johnson, who was incredible, by the way, uh, Bill Federer, uh, and so many others it was just a great thing. So that's where I was on Friday. I'm blessed to have been there. And 
Thank you to Chris Long, and thank you to the entire team for allowing me to do that. And thank you to Peter Kersenauk, who I know had a great show with you and a great conversation on Friday because he's incapable of not doing great things. Okay, it's 923. I'm going to ask you to stand, Patriots, as we do each and every morning. Let's face our flags. Put your hand on your heart and join us. If you believe that these elections were fair and accurate and free of any chicanery whatsoever, well, God bless your naive little heart. You probably don't want to stand and pledge your allegiance to this flag because it opposes those sorts of things. You may instead take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. As for the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. 23 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock, always right radio on AM 1420, The Answer, right back. Always right with Bob France. Sometimes they say huge. On AM 1420. Really large. The answer. I think it's becoming apparent, though, that bigger and better and stronger, it may not involve Trumpier. It may not involve Trumpier. And that's the reality that a lot of people are going to have to wrap their brains around uh, over the course of the next year as we get into the actual um, the actual uh, primaries in the primary season and the campaign season and the season of declarations of intents to run and so forth. Uh, Trump is going to do this tomorrow by all accounts uh, from Mar-a-Lago and uh, whether President Trump is still the guy in this party or not is a legitimate question right now. And it's not just because of the midterms, by the way. Not at all. That was a part of it for a lot of people, but it is by no means the only thing. His conduct since the midterms and actually in the last speeches the night before the midterms. Those are the questions. And they have just turned even the most diehard Trump-supporting, MAGA-hat-wearing conservatives in, in all the country against what he's doing. It is really, really, really getting to be difficult to listen to him and watch him savage, good, strong conservative Republicans like Glenn Youngkin and Ron DeSantis and Ted Cruz and others, all to prop himself up by punching down and holding other people down. He, he thinks he's going to raise himself. And there are conservatives all over this country who are saying enough is enough. Um, the wave of anti-Trump sentiment from people who have defended him for the last six years is crazy high right now because he's crossing lines in a way that um, simply are indefensible. That'll be part of the conversation going forward. Not the conversation I have with Jim Jordan, however. Jim Jordan and I are going to talk about where we are and whether or not we have to change our strategies going forward, embracing the early voting and the mail-in voting that the Democrats seem to have embraced, not seem to, have embraced, and that have become very, very successful at, or what the uh, what the future holds for trying to win elections as Republicans in this country. So he'll join us next after the news. Always right radio AM 1420 the answer. If you've ever wished you could declare political bankruptcy, I declare 
Bankruptcy! Keep your radio tuned to Always Right with Bob Franz. You declare bankruptcy, all your problems go away. On AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 936, good morning once again. Thank you so much for being with us on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. As it is a Monday, and it is 936, it's time for our weekly chat with Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio 4, and uh, our current ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee. Whether or not that changes is a part of our discussion. Good morning, Congressman. How are you? I'm fine, Bob. How are you doing? All right, I'm not be able to hear him. We've got to make sure we got him potted up. You there? Yeah, I got you, Bob. Yeah, we didn't have you up there. Sorry about that. Congressman, um, okay, so a week after now, because this is Monday, uh, one week yeah. after the uh, after the election, um, and I know you and I spoke the day after, but things yeah. have changed, I think, and uh, an opportunity yeah. for analysis and, and pondering. Let me just ask you directly, what went wrong? Well, I'm still trying to figure it out, I think, as, as many people are. Uh, you know, we won the popular vote, uh, which is which is huge. Um, I think 50-some million for us, 40-some million for, for Democrats. So um, that's the positive. We lost a number of close races. Uh, sometimes, as I think we talked about last week uh, on the day after the election, uh, sometimes it comes down to um, just, just, just the nature of that, that particular district. For example, we had a great candidate. She's a, she's a member. She's a good friend of Polly and I, uh, Yvette Harrell, out in, in um New Mexico ran. She got drawn into a really Democrat district, lost by less than one percentage point. Um, ran a great race, worked her, worked as hard as she could, um, hard as anybody could. So sometimes you just have races like that. Uh, but it does look like today that we're going to, I think, get to two twenty, two twenty one, and get the majority in the House. Now that's not what we wanted, and certainly the Senate has been, uh, you know, a huge disappointment. When when you and I talked before the election, we felt like we had a chance to win all those swing state races, and now we've Looks like we're going to lose all of them in a in a, in a close one, and of course uh, the the Georgia race is going to a runoff. So um, I think the focus has got to be now. We're going to win the House. That looks like almost for sure today, and it looks like we're going to be at two twenty two twenty one, um, which is which is really important when it comes to the work that needs to be done on the investigative front and and stopping some of the crazy crazy spending from the Democrats. And then let's win the race in Georgia. Let's focus on that. Um, and, and try to you know just just do the best we can, but yeah, it was it was obviously disappointing. Yeah, this is a tough question because you know we had a lot of confidence uh, going into this thing, but yeah. what is your confidence level right now? It's according to what I'm reading, two twelve to two hundred four with nineteen seats left in play. What is your confidence level? We're going to win, you know, uh, you know, eight or nine or ten or eleven of those to get to two eighteen, nineteen, or two twenty. Because I, I was confident we would be way, way over that now, and I, I have no faith yeah. whatsoever. I, the fact, Congressman, that it's Monday and there are still nineteen races open from last it's Tuesday, crazy, it's, it's and that crazy. they're still counting. I don't, I don't trust. I don't believe. I don't. Yeah. I have no faith in the system whatsoever. So, so. Well, Again, it's a loaded question when I say, how confident are you that of these 19 remaining races, we're well, going to win 10 of them? Yeah. And it, yeah, because history seems to show us that the, the longer they take to count and figure out who won, the, the worse Republicans do. Exactly. Um, so so it's, it's, it is frustrating, uh, tremendously frustrating for you and I. And, and think about the American people. Uh, you know, you and I live in this world uh, every day, it seems, and, and yet the American people are like, wow, what the heck? We used to get election results on election night. Um, but if you look at that 19, the people who um, – you know, Democrat-leaning people who look at this stuff are saying that 
really it's much much fewer races down to four or five key races one in arizona that haven't called yet in a couple in california that really matter so i think we're already at 217 and of the four or five that haven't been called they're leaning our way the numbers look good so like schweikert's race is a colleague of mine that that race has been called in um, arizona by many uh, lauren bobert a tough race in colorado looks like she's definitely going to win that 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 race so it's, it's not really 19, even though they haven't been officially maybe called by the AP or whatever. So I do feel better about that. But, yeah, it's, uh, overall, it's, it's, again, not what we want, and we're, uh, we're going to have to reassess a few things um, as we move forward. Do, do you think that the lack of success, and, again, you're right, obviously, the key here is, is putting the brake pedal uh, on the Republican side to stop some of the most radical things. We have to at least win that simple majority in the House. But do you think that some yeah. of the lack of success is policy-driven? Did we get rejected on policy in favor of a party in many of these close races uh, that is defending a, a, a 8.5% inflation rate, record high gas prices, record uh, number of border crossings, record number of drugs, uh, spiking crime. I mean, everything that you and I talk about regularly about plaguing this country, according to the polls, most Americans are absolutely, you know, disapproving of Democrat leadership on. And yet they won so many of these close races. Did, did I, we I lose do, on policy? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, because we, you know, we got the, I think we do have the right policies for the, for the country. But I do think there is this, this sort of this deep uh, feeling in, in lots of Americans that they're either Democrat or Republican. They're, 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 they're left or they're conservative. It's just like, and it's a, it's a divided country, which is, which is unfortunate. Um, and I do think we have to talk about how our policies benefit all Americans. But by the same token, there were some places where we did exceptionally well. Frankly, our state, you know, I, I looked at the vote totals of the, of the members of Congress, incumbent members of Congress who were running, uh, for reelect. I think our, our percentages were, were better than, than ever. Well, certainly in our district it was. And we lost one tough race, really tough race with, with Congressman Shabbat in Cincinnati district. But he went from a, a, a dead even district to a Democrat plus like eight or nine Biden type of, it was a big time Democrat district. And he still almost won. So, um, you know, Ohio with, with the, our statewide offices, we won every single statewide race. We picked up a new seat in the state Senate, so we got a super, super majority in the state Senate. Um, and the same can be said with Florida, same can be said with Texas. So I, I don't get it where some states were, were so good, yet uh, other, other states we lost so many close races um, to Democrats on those, in those congressional seats. Um, if it's not policy, which I, I, I kind of agree on, um, is, it, is it the fact that maybe we need to change our entire focus to elections? What I mean by that is most on the conservative side, uh, including you and me, I believe, you know, have said, yeah, the early voting and the mail-in voting, that's a Democrat thing. They're going to have more of those. We show up on Election Day. We're traditionalists. We're, you know, constitutionalists. We believe in voter ID and voting on one day and so forth. And, you know, that's where we're going to, where we're going to make our hay. Do we need to change our entire approach on that front? Do we need to start exploiting and embracing the mail-in voting the way the Democrats do, the early voting yep. the way the Democrats yep. do? Is that... Okay, go ahead. Yep. No, no, yep. I've, I've, I've talked to some people about this, and, and, and you're right, I think, in, in, uh, to bring this up. I do think that has to change, because the rules are the rules. It's like, you're going you're gonna to play a... You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna wrestle a match, and you're going you're gonna to wrestle a little by the old rules and the, and the rules have changed you know you got to wrestle by the new rules it's just you got to you got to play the game by the new rules whatever whatever sport you're in you got to you, you have to embrace whatever the rules are of the game and and unfortunately in some states they have this ballot harvesting we're going to have to embrace that um 
even though I think it's ridiculous, and you and I have talked about that, um, you do have to do it because you can, you bank those those votes get banked early, then you have a you become more efficient in your get out the vote um, uh, process and 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 how you're going to turn out people to vote because you've already, there are already so many folks who've got their votes in, so you can focus on a smaller universe. Um, that's going to have to happen. And so, yeah, some of this is mechanics and turning out your vote. Democrats seem to be – it's easier, I think, for Democrats because, you know, a lot of our voters are out in the country, and it's tougher to go, you know, door-to-door when you've got to drive a half a mile between every house. Um, so, so there's some tactical implications when you're dealing with re- Republicans, but we're going to have to embrace that, I think, um, and compete uh, with, with the rules that exist. Yeah. Including ballot harvesting, you know. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, we, yeah. we we've we've got the old lady next door that we know is a conservative-minded woman, but who doesn't get out much, and she's not going to be able to make it to the polls. Somebody's got to go over there and hand her a ballot, hand her an absentee ballot. Yeah. The things well, that the Democrats are doing is because they they are not winning on policy, they're not winning on results, they're winning on the fact yeah. that they're getting out their vote more. Uh, and and in so fact, Bob, tell me if I'm wrong. Good. It's not just handing her a ballot; it's handing her a ballot. Democrats hand her a ballot, they fill it out, and then the Democrats take the ballot back and they take it to the board of elections. So it's, right. it's, that's, that's what happens in California. And that's just foreign to us. We're like, what, what? The ballot is sacred. That's between you and the good Lord and you and, and if you're, if you're an older American, you'd be a family member, someone may help assist you, but it's, that, that's how it's done. And, and that's what we need to do, right? I mean, it's supposed to yeah. be between yeah. you and the good yeah. Lord, like you said. It's your own private thing. Yeah. But if the Democrats are going to go and harvest them and take them and drop them off, then doggone it, we got to fight fire with fire. And I, I hate to say that you want to stoop down to a to a level that maybe you find beneath you, but I want to win elections. I want to save the country. Yep. Yep. No, we're going to have to embrace that. Last question for you, Congressman. Uh, there's a lot of talk about leadership, uh, whether it be Mitch McConnell on the Senate side or Ke- Kevin McCarthy maintaining his status as a majority leader or elevating to Speaker of the House. Do you support current leadership? Yeah, I've been clear on that, Bob. The, 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 well, the Senate is a different question. That, 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 that's their call. Uh, but mm-hmm. I've been clear on the House side. If, if the, the guy who gets you to the Super Bowl gets to coach the game. And, look, you know, you know what I've said all along. I, I want to, uh, Lord willing, I want to have the opportunity to chair the Judiciary Committee, the committee that is supposed to be focused on protecting your fundamental liberties, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and I just do not see that. Um, you know, with Democrats, we've seen what they've done to our constitutional liberties, and so that's where I want to focus uh, my efforts. And um, and then, you know, we'll see. I do think there's, you know, but, but uh, there's there's some merit in this idea of of of, of holding elections a little later. That's being talked about in the, in the, in the Senate and the House, right. but um, I think uh, you know, like I said, the guy that gets you to the big game gets to coach that game. We need six more minimum, six more to get to yep. two eighteen yep. in order for you to take that chairmanship. So we're going to pray, uh, literally pray that that is the outcome of all of this, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you next week as uh, chairman elect. We will. All right. Thank you, Thanks, Congressman. Bob. Take care, brother. All right. That's Jim Jordan on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Um, I, I I'm 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 a little bit at a loss uh, to to understand his optimism other than for the sake of optimism, it's optimism itself, right? I have had my own faith in the system questioned, as I said in the open, and it is still questioning the, the remaining 19 seats. It's 212 to 204. We need to get at least six to get to 218, and I'm not convinced that the Democrats don't have plans in place to cheat and take the majority of them. 
I, I'm not fa- I'm not confident of that. I guess Congressman Jordan, you know, he's there. He has to be confident. He can't say, no, I think they're going to cheat us too. But, boy, I wish I could believe it. I won't believe it until I see the actual races called and that they say that uh, the Republican majority in the House is indeed elected. We'll take a time out now at 948. I've got time for some phone calls before the top of the hour, and we talk to Wayne Allen Root. That'll be at, at uh, 1010. So if you want to dial, let's do it now, 216-901-0945, 888-281-1110. Always write radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Always right radio with Bob France on the answer. Nine fifty three. Got time for a few calls here before the top of the hour. We're going to welcome Wayne Allen Root at ten ten. Wayne wrote a column that I read in the uh, Gateway Pundit, um, basically saying Democrats just stole another election. It's literally the headline. You've been gaslighted. Democrats stole another election. Do not believe anything other than that. And I'll tell you what. Um, I'm beginning to feel that way. There's a lot of sense in what Wayne Allen Root had to say, and we'll let him say it out loud on this program coming up at 1010. Right now, we'll go to the phones, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Highland Heights, Lenny, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning. Go ahead, sir. Hello, Bob. I just learned a couple things about the Ohio election process. Absentee ballots are counted first. They start counting those immediately as soon as the last poll closed, which means we need to change the way we vote. Game day voting is out, much like you were talking about with Jim. Mm-hmm. That does two things. It builds up an early lead, and you can you can vote absentee without excuse. And the other thing it, it, it accomplishes is it allows party activists to follow up with people who haven't voted yet, and that's one of the strengths that Democrats have because they could get from the elections board who has voted, even though their vote hasn't counted. They know you returned an absentee ballot. So it, it makes makes the, the spending for the get-out-the-vote effort much more efficient because they know who has and who hasn't voted. So well, I, I think you're spot on. I think you're spot on. So what what is your suggestion, though? Is your suggestion that oh, we change things or that we just embrace it the way the Democrats do? Well, the, the thing is, I've been voting absentee for a number of years, and I just found out recently that the absentee ballots are counted first. It used to be they were counted last. It was game day votes first. But they have changed the election process in such a way that absentee votes count first. I've never had a problem with my mail-in getting to the Board of Elections. One time I had a problem where I didn't put my birth date on it. They contacted me, and we fixed that. Right. And so it's much better. We used to think game day was the was the way to vote. Now we need to embrace absentee voting in Ohio, at least, right. because those votes get counted first, and they make it more efficient for activists to follow up with people who haven't voted. Who haven't voted, right? Okay, I'll tell you. What, I think you're right, uh, Lenny. Thank you for the phone call. I, when I asked you that question uh, a short while back. 
Um, I, I was reading some tweets this morning, early this morning, from people talking about this very same subject. For example, Steve Dace woke up this morning with a slew of tweets about ending early voting and ballot harvesting, which I'm all for, but precisely... What we need to do if we can't end it is embrace it and start ballot harvesting and start early voting. Matt Walsh, Daily Wire. Put simply, we need to learn the, to exploit the systems that are in place rather than sitting around impotently complaining about them. And it's true. I have been impotently complaining about them. I have been condemning the idea of early voting because look what happened in Pennsylvania. A couple of million votes, I believe, were cast long before uh, John Fetterman uh, cavemanned himself to the stage and said, fire bad. <laughs> Uh, and, 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 you know, it was too late by then. Not to say that they would have all changed their votes, but you get the point. I've been complaining about early voting. I've been complaining about mail-in voting. But since we're not going to change it, since we can't get the toothpaste back in that tube and go from mail-in voting to no more mail-in voting except for military veteran or military personnel doing absentee balloting, since they're never going to erase 30 days uh, of, of advanced early voting and say everybody votes on Election Day because they'll call that voter suppression and they'll call it racist somehow, even though everybody would be in the same boat, they're never going to change it. It's time for us to embrace it and say, fine, let's early vote the hell out of the system. Let's mail and vote the hell out of the system. Let's throw chaos into their well-oiled fraud machine. Let's make sure that we have just as many votes in those early voting, whether they count them before or after the game day votes. Uh, let's make sure that there are just as many, if not more, Republican votes in, votes in those uh, batches. Dan is in Middleburg Heights. Hi, Dan. Go ahead, sir. Good morning. Good morning. I have the opposite view. I've been watching Fox. I'm listening to you, uh, the gentleman with the, you know, the absentee uh, voting. The absentee voting is okay because it's very minor in the big picture, and he's an honest guy, and that's okay in Ohio. But these people in Nevada, California, they're mailing out just blank but just plain ballots to everybody in the whole damn state yeah they are you lose control you're creating chaos here to go along to try and beat their game you're going to destroy the whole country for well, instance tell, tell, tell me this dan tell me how it's working tell me how it's working complaining about the fact that they're doing it while we do it the right way and vote on game day election day and we're losing all of these close races i mean everything you know, everything that's been going on in our country for two years I do not believe for a second there's two million people in Pennsylvania that really think that that Fetterman guy is a good guy to have as a senator. And you can go down the line and all these other people in all these other states. The, 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 it's, it's, the scam is on. Like if you recall that TV program on Channel 10 in Phoenix showed 53, 47% two weeks ago through uh, the Associated Press. Remember, they have, a, have an excuse. Yeah. yeah. Well, Guess what the percentages are right now as we're speaking to to each other? It's that I think it's fifty one or fifty two percent for this Hobbs girl. It's, yeah, it's no, you're, 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 no, you're you're right. The scam is on, and I guess that what we have to figure out, my friend. And thank you for the call, Dan. Uh, we have to figure. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway on this Monday. It's the ninth, or excuse me, it's nine minutes after 10 o'clock. 
It's the 14th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2022. And the 2022 midterm was just stolen, just like 2020. If you disagree, you're either delusional or terribly naive or brain dead, or you're in on the fix. Those aren't my words, although I might second them. Those are the words of our next guest, Wayne Allen Root. You know him. He's been on this program before a number of times, but it's been a while. He is a nationally syndicated radio host. He's got television shows, including the conser- uh, um, uh, uh, the America's Top Ten Countdown, rather, on Real America's Voice TV network, as well as his uh, daily TV show on Lindell TV. He is the conservative warrior, Wayne Allen Root. Good morning, sir. It's good to have you back. How are you? Hey, Bob. How you doing? How are you? I've been better. My country is under attack, and uh, we didn't do enough to stop it uh, six yeah, days ago. Funny. So that's how I feel. It's funny. Everybody always asks me, how am I doing? I always say, I'm doing great. If only America was doing that great. And I said that before the midterms, and I expected us to make a big comeback in the midterms, assuming, and I said this for months. I said, on one hand, I believe it's going to be a massive red tsunami. I'm the guy who coined that phrase. Everyone started saying tsunami, because first they all said red wave. And I said, no, no, no. This is bigger than a red wave. This is a tsunami. Everybody's coming out in the middle class and working class to vote Republican, even bigger than either of the two Trump presidential elections, and it's going to be a tsunami, A, or B, it's going to be stolen from us. I don't know which one it's going to be. I know the actual vote will be a tsunami, but they're going to try and steal it in swing districts, and sure enough, that's exactly what happened, because nothing much changed. I kept arguing on my show. You know, it's a little better than 2020, a little better. Some states like Georgia and Texas and Florida passed some little laws here or there to tighten up the process. But in general, there's really very little that's changed to prevent voter fraud. They've still got mail-in ballots. They've still got drop boxes. They still count for days after the election in various states. I just don't know if enough was done to uh, prevent voter fraud. But I think probably, is what I said, probably so many of us are coming out that you can overcome a six- to eight-point cheat that Democrats do in every election. I think it's going to be a double-digit win, and that will overcome uh, you know, a lot of the fraud. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And, and I was wrong about that part of it because we didn't overcome the fraud because you can't overcome it if, if, if it's big enough. And, and I was right about one thing, though. I didn't even realize until Saturday after I wrote my column that we got six million more votes than Democrats. Did you know that? I found that out this morning, actually. I found that out this morning when I talked to Jim Jordan, and we talked about the popular vote in terms of overall number of votes. Yeah. Right. So it might be after they're finally all set and done, it'll probably be more like 5 million, because I think that doesn't add in California. I think that was left out at this point, or at least the final results of California. So let's assume we won the popular vote by 5 million. That's a massive red wave landslide. Remember, Trump won both elections without winning the popular vote, or theoretically in 2020, without winning the popular vote. The idea that we would win by 5 million and not pick up many seats in the House and lose seats in the Senate is my Mind-blowing. Back in 2010, Bob, we won the popular vote by 2 million in the midterms, and the result was we won 63 seats. There's something horribly wrong, and I believe the election was stolen. You can't win 63 seats with a 2 million popular vote win, and then win by 5 to 6 million popular votes, and lose seats, and lose Senate seats. I mean, it's absolutely, it's a rigged and stolen election again. We're talking to Wayne Allen Root, America's conservative warrior, nationally syndicated host, best-selling author as well. So um, 
let me go back to the red tsunami part again, uh, because I was screaming the same thing, and I, I've been reading. You know, we're all trying to pick up the pieces and try to figure out what went wrong. And among them, on Twitter and in other places that I am reading, is people are blaming us, meaning you, me, and others who are saying that, because we, we suppressed our own vote. We told everybody it was a foregone conclusion, red tsunami on the way, and therefore a lot of people said, well, I don't have to go and vote. we got a, we got millions of us. We're good. And that, that kept too many people home. Any thoughts? Well, that, that's ridiculous. First of all, uh, nobody suppressed the vote all day long, and I mean all day long, every minute of my radio and TV shows. I told everybody, this is the vote of your lifetime. We're not going to have an America again unless we win by, at least win, but really unless we win by a landslide, because it's got to be a total repudiation of Biden, or he's going to continue to rule the nation by executive order and do whatever he wants to do even after we won. So it needs to be such a massive repudiation that we throw it in his face and, and we throw it in the media's face and we make sure every Democrat knows this is a Republican red country and, and we're never going to let you steal it and take it away from us. So I don't know who, you know, who they think said it's a, it's a landslide, you don't need to go out and vote. I said bring 85 of your friends and neighbors, bring everyone you know in your whole life and get out there. But all I could tell you is it isn't anybody's fault uh, other than the three McLosers, by the way, McConnell and McCarthy and Rona McDaniel. The three of them are complete losers. They always have been. And one of the reasons I say they're losers is not just that they're incompetent and they did nothing to add to a Republican win. They certainly did nothing to deserve a Republican win. Once we lose, they're just pathetic about it. They'd never say out loud that we lost because it's rigged and stolen. They would never do that. That shows you what losers they are. They're either complete cowards or they're complete morons or the three of them are fighting for the other side. I don't say that, you know, kind of facetiously. I really do believe, like a McConnell, I believe, is bought and owned by China. I'm not sure about McCarthy, but he's not much better. He's just a coward, I think. And Rona McDaniel is, is, is related to Mitt Romney. I think she's his niece. So, you, you know, I don't even really need to say more. Mitt Romney's disgusting. He's the worst Republican that ever lived. You know, what a disgrace that man is. You know, the only people he ever fights are Trump and Republicans. He never has anything bad to say about a single Democrat. That's what you call a traitor. I've never seen people like this. So we have a lot of bad Republicans in leadership, but that's not the reason we lost. We still had the perfect message in a nation awash in violent crime under Democrat blue leadership in every Democrat city. Our message was crime in a nation attacked by massive inflation, probably the worst in the history of America, certainly the worst since inflation measures have been counted in the history of America in my lifetime. We have the worst inflation ever. Who would you blame but the party in control of the House, the Senate, and the presidency? And we also have a country with the worst school systems in the world. Horrible. Instead of teaching the three R's, they teach hate white people, hate America, hate I hate all the evil people of the Republican Party all day long. No wonder the kids are all brain dead. So we have a horrible system. Everything's wrong in America. And we have an open border with 5.5 million people who have poured through in a lousy 20 months under Joe Biden. And you're telling me in the face of all of that, Biden defied the historical odds that say no matter what happens if he didn't spend one dollar, every single time in the first midterm of an elected president, uh, the party in, uh, out of power wins 20 to 30 seats in the House and four to five seats in the Senate, automatically every single first midterm, the party out of power wins. And in the face of all the headwinds I just mentioned and, mm -hmm. and the collapse of stocks and real estate in this country, which is going on for the last 20 months, 
in the face of all of that, if people's retirement accounts go to zero, so they got to go out and get a job at the age of 70, they all defied history and voted for the party in power. That's brought them all that. Ridiculous. Wayne Allen Root is my guest. Uh, Wayne, I, I want to present a devil's advocate position here. I agree with almost everything you just said, but I want to I want I want to give you devil's advocacy because I want sure. you to dispute it and tell everybody. Sure. Because if I'm if I'm on the other side, I'm looking at all of this, you know, this fraud and everything you're talking about. I'm thinking I'd, I'd be very confident if I was a Democrat and knew that we had the fix in. But yet every Democrat going into last Tuesday was terrified. Um, if this fix was in, how come they didn't know about it? What I mean by that is nobody wanted Joe Biden to campaign with them because he was such a loser. Joe Biden didn't even schedule a press conference for last Wednesday prior to the election because he knew it was going to be such a tsunami, a wipeout on Tuesday. Uh, he wasn't going to do it, which fed and fueled the rumors that he was not going to run again. Um, Nancy Pelosi and many others had suggested that this might not happen. In fact, if you look at most left-wing media, they're calling for Joe Biden not to run again. So they saw their own defeat in coming. That's how they acted prior to last Tuesday. They didn't want any part of it. They knew they were already making excuses and then saying, you realize democracy is on the ballot here and democracy is going to die if, the, if, if you let this happen. So if they knew the fix was in, Wayne, explain why they acted as if they were about to get destroyed. Well, I could give you many answers. First of all, it would be great acting, and they're great actors. I mean, remember, Hollywood is on the side of the liberals, and so, you know, they could very well have been taking their acting lessons from Hollywood. I would do the same thing. If I knew I was cheating, I would just say, oh, my God, it's going to be terrible. Oh, my God, it's going to be awful. And then when it isn't, see, everything worked out great. The American people are stronger than I thought. I mean, it's just acting, so that's number one. But number two, they saw the polls. They knew the numbers. It's not just that every poll in America, liberal-leading or conservative-leaning, all showed a massive red wave was coming. And by the way, those polls were right. Five to six million more Republicans than Democrats. We won the popular vote by a landslide. So the polls were actually right. They also knew the exit polls. CNN, of all groups, CNN's exit poll, show Republicans gained among every group of people except unmarried women. You know, the unmarried women whose life's about abortion, okay, we were never going to win them. But among every other group, white people, white men, white women, Hispanics, blacks, uh, young people, we gained dramatically in every category, but somehow still didn't win any seats. You know, we gained dramatically, and then the results show we won dramatically, but we didn't gain any seats. So Democrats knew that everything looked awful. They were preparing their base for if the worst happened, but they also, what's my, my, famous, my favorite saying, you know, expect the best but prepare for the worst. So they were preparing everyone psychologically that happened to be a landslide, but they were also preparing for the best, which is they were sending in and manufacturing fake mail-in ballots in as many localities as they could, like my state of Nevada. See, you're in Ohio, Bob, right? You're in Cleveland area. Yeah. Ohio, Cleveland's very liberal, but Ohio has great uh, in effect, voter ID and great, uh, you know, anti-voter fraud in effect. So Ohio turned out to be all red. Iowa has great laws in effect against voter fraud. Iowa's all red. Texas has great laws in effect against voter fraud. Texas was all red. And then my best example is Florida. No ballot, mail-in ballots allowed. 
No ballot harvesting allowed. No ballot drop boxes allowed. No counting for days allowed. You find out on election night who won. If you send in a mail-in ballot, which you got because you, you went physically to get it, and you had a witness with you that said it's you, and you showed your ID, and then if you did send a mail-in ballot, they counted that day. You know that night who won the election. So what was the result? In all four states I just mentioned, with strong voter ID and strong anti-fraud measures in place, we won every election election. I believe we would have won every election in the country that was close if we had those same measures in place. But I live in Nevada, and next door to me is Arizona, and those are two great examples that they allow all these mail-in ballots, they allow lots of illegal aliens to vote, they have ballot drop boxes, they have every disastrous thing I mentioned, and we're going to lose every single important race that you can imagine in both those states because of all this. It's very clear. If you have voter fraud in effect, fraud, strict rules against voter fraud. In fact, Republicans win most elections. And if you have very loose rules that allow lots of mail-in ballots and counting for days, you lose most races in most states. It's that simple. It's, it's on display in 2020 and 2022. Um, so, a couple follow-ups. By the way, quick by the way yeah. nobody, by the way, no one even mentioned FTX which is going to turn out over the next year to be the biggest scandal in the history of politics, the giant crypto company that took all the money being sent to Ukraine, washed it, laundered it, and brought it back to the United States and gave it to the Democrat Party. Uh, I know in Nevada the ads were 10 to 1 against Republicans, 10 to 1, and I still believe we won by a landslide without the mail-in ballots, but the ads were 10 to 1 against all my candidates in Nevada. Where are Democrats getting all their money? And I've always argued it's corruption, it's foreign government, it's corporations that they benefit over the little guy, and they kick back lots of money. It's defense contractors who benefited off all the equipment we sent to Ukraine, and they kick back money to the Democrats. Uh, but mostly, I think it's Chinese money. Now I realize it's Ukrainian money through FTX, which is going to turn out to be one of the biggest collapses and failures in the history of Wall Street. Yeah, there so, I mean, are, that's a new developing issue. There are a few people writing about that. Not a ton. A lot of people are still trying to wrap their brains around it, myself included. I read just a little bit about it, but I believe that's a legitimate uh, claim that you just made. Wayne, I've got two follow-ups, and then we'll wrap. Uh, the first one is, everything you just said is true, but I, I cannot understand how we would ever make Nevada and Arizona and the other states become more like Ohio or more like the more secure, fraud-free states. Um, right. We're never gonna we're never gonna get that toothpaste back in the tube. So since that's the case, we're not gonna limit early voting. We're not gonna limit mail-in voting. Don't we now, as a party and as a conservative movement, have to embrace it and say, well, then fine, we're gonna out ballot harvest you. We're gonna out early vote you. We're gonna out mail-in vote you. We're gonna do everything they're doing, but better because we can't get them to come back and do it the right way. Yeah, yes, absolutely. I mean, I said that on my national TV show this weekend. I said, look, I devoted the entire one-hour show. It's called America's Top Ten Countdown. And every Saturday morning at uh, noon East Coast time, so noon your time in, in yep. Ohio, I go over the top ten stories of the week according to a, a MAGA, America First Republican conservative like me. So it's not the news media choosing the top ten stories. It's me, who is like you listening right now, who chooses the top ten stories that you need to know. So I think it's really one of the most valuable and unique shows in America, and it's exploded in popularity in the two months it's been on the air. And so America's Top Ten Countdown this week wasn't devoted to the top ten stories. It was devoted to the top ten ways Democrats steal elections. 
and the entire one hour was dedicated to me explaining all the many ways that they legally and illegally steal elections. A lot of the ways they're stealing them, Bob, are legal. But I did say at the end of the show, you've got to stop mail-in balloting. You've got to stop ballot harvesting. You've got to stop ballot drop boxes, and you've got to stop counting for days. But if you can't, then why are we not beating them at their own game and doing the same thing as them? Bingo. Why are we not ballot harvesting better than them? If you can't stop it, then you've got to join them, and you've got to do it better than them. And I hate to say it this way, but you've got to cheat better than them. If, if you call it cheating, then we've got to cheat better than them. If you consider it legal, then we've got to do it legally better than them. But either way, I think it's cheating. So if they say it's legal to cheat, then we got to cheat better than them. I don't know what else to say. With the exact same ways that they cheat and they call legal, we do it. So it's one of those two. But let me tell you, the three McLosers, McConnell and McCarthy and McDaniel, none of them are worth a crap. And none of them did anything to help us modernize our party and do it the way they do it. I mean, the things that they do, are some of them are pretty basic, but wrong, but basic. Let me give you one in Nevada, just one. So I didn't even understand this. You know, no, the average person doesn't understand it. I didn't understand it. Ballot curing. Do you understand ballot curing, Bob? I do not. Okay. So in Nevada, you know, lots of ballots, unfortunately not enough, but a lot of ballots still get thrown out by the machines because the signature doesn't match. There really is no signature match anymore because they let machines do it because they go through 90,000 an hour, right? So they go through 90,000 mail-in ballots an hour, and the machine is supposed to kick out the ones that the signatures don't match. Well, the machine says yes to like 99.9% of every ballot. They have no idea where the signatures match. If it's even close, they match it. But 0.1% does get thrown out. It's that bad. And with that 0.1%, which in this election, which Adam Laxalt was the difference in the entire United States Senate, whether he won or lost yeah. for the Republican Party, he was up by just a, a thousand votes at the end. You know, after, after days of ballot counting, <laughs> when we got to Saturday, he was up by 800 votes. So every vote matters, right? You'll sure. agree. Every vote matters. I think they kicked out a grand total during the week of 10,000 ballots out of a million. 10,000 were kicked out of signatures don't match. Well, ballot curing means you take the ballot in your hand and you get in your car and you drive to that person's home and you tell them the signature doesn't match. Is it really you? And if it is you, can you re-sign it and I'll verify it's you. And the culinary union, which is 100% corrupt and Democrat in Nevada, they have workers, hundreds of them. These are maids and, and uh, bartenders and bus boys. And, and most of them, by the way, are, are from out of the United States, and many of them are illegal aliens. And the Culinary Union, which has, I think, 200,000 members on the Vegas Strip, they give their employees paid days off to get in their car with a list and drive all over town with ballots in their hand and go to the homes of people whose ballots were not signed properly and get them to cure the ballot on the spot and then it, to bring it back and it counts. But now, how, how, do they know, how do they know how those individuals voted, though? Because those are on the outside of envelopes. Well, first of all, the envelope's been opened to check the signature. They, so they, first of all, they know it's a registered Democrat. All I could tell you is they go no, to but like the absentee, the absentee ballot, the absentee ballot envelope here in Ohio, and I know because I saw one for my father-in-law. You sign on the outside of the envelope, and then they they check that against signatures already on file. They can't. But they open already the know your names. 
but Bob, but, they know your names. They know if you're registered Democrat or Republican. So theoretically, they may not know. Oh, how you so vote. okay. Now there, there's the answer I was looking for. Yeah, that's right, the answer. Okay, by, by, by party affiliation. Got it. Yeah, right. that's true. They know that's you're true. a Democrat. So they take the Democrat ones only, and that's not illegal. I get it. They take the Democrat ones only, and they go cure them, and they make out of ten thousand, let's say eight thousand of our Democrats who weren't smart enough to even sign sign the signature correctly. Can you imagine just running our country and deciding? Or even, yeah, even, even if it was fifty fifty, even if five thousand of them right. were Democrats were right. cured, and the other five thousand Republicans were right. thrown out, it's a ten thousand net. We're, we we got to go here, Wayne. I'm right. out of time. Wayne Allen Root right. is the conservative warrior. His TV show is America's Top Ten Countdown, Real America's Voice TV Network on Saturdays. Wayne, it's a pleasure. Thanks for the time. Thanks, Bob. God bless. 10.30, let's get to the news now and come back with your calls on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Separating the truth from the lies. In life, there's truth. Tragically, there are lies. Always Right with Bob France, giving you only the truth. We shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free. On AM 1420, The Answer. That man saying the word truth just sounds so disgusting, so reprehensible, so despicable, so 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 false. Don't ever play that one again. I know it's supposed to be tongue in cheek, but don't ever play it. I don't want that guy ever saying the word truth to anybody. That man is the most reprehensible, pathological liar in the history male. The most reprehensible pathological male liar in the history of American politics. And I had to specify male because Hillary Clinton is still alive. I have never heard two people so incapable of saying factual things and so married to their lies that they repeat them even year after year after year of debunking. Lies that are decades old, just continuing to repeat them as if they were true then and they were not. And in Biden's case, lies that are that are literally factually and easily disproven on the day of. For example, gas was over five dollars a gallon when I took office. Look at it now, it's dropped a dollar twenty a gallon. That's real savings for the American people. Wait, what? Gas was two thirty nine when you took office. You raised it to five dollars because of your policies. Because of your war on fossil fuels, your declared war on fossil fuels, by the way. It's not even a joke. It's not even a question. You said it multiple times. You know, I've never heard anybody. I'm sorry, I'm getting off on a tangent here, but my, oh my, the idea, even in tongue-in-cheek, even in jest, even in sarcasm, the idea of Joe Biden talking about truth makes me physically ill. I'm going to retch on live radio. It wouldn't sound good. Uh, love this uh, this troll by J.D. Vance. One hour ago, J.D. Vance on Twitter tweeted a picture of himself holding what looks to be a jury summons. And uh, J.D.'s comment, uh, or his tweet, at the Hamilton County Courthouse, where I was just dismissed from jury duty. Reason given? Orientation for a new job starting tomorrow. That is Can you dig it? He's got orientation. He's got to be in D.C. He's going to be learning the ropes of the Senate. He's going to take over, of course, in January uh, in that Senate seat. And so uh, what, a great, what a great troll. I absolutely love it. Just a quick little own to Tim Ryan and the left in Ohio. 
at the Hamilton County Courthouse where I was just dismissed from jury duty. Reason given, orientation for a new job starting tomorrow. That is outstanding. J.D. Vance, and I, t- I tweeted this in response to him, so I'll just say it on live radio too. Outstanding reason. Make us proud in D.C., Senator-elect Vance. And I really, truly believe he will. All right, uh, phone lines are open now. We are guest-free the rest of the way, so 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Do you want to respond to anything you heard from, from Wayne Allen Root? Do you want to respond to anything you heard from Jim Jordan? Do you want to respond to anything you heard from me in my opening monologue? And I want to echo what I said in my opening monologue in case you missed it. The reason I believe Wayne Allen Root when he talks about this election or these elections collectively being stolen and us being defrauded yet again, being duped. Um, so much of it has to do with just simple, basic, common, sensible um, ideas. One of those ideas is that the, the national and regional polling services that literally work 24-7 around the clock to try to give the American people an idea of where races are headed in election seasons, and even in off-election cycles, they they do this for money. You understand that? They 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 only get commissioned to conduct surveys and polls on political issues and political candidates and so forth. They only get commissioned if they have a history of accuracy. You know what I mean? If 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 a if a restaurant has a history of making crappy food, People don't go back to that restaurant, and that restaurant goes under. If a restaurant has a history and a reputation for, con- for preparing terrific food, like Harry Buffalo, for example, people flock to it because they want to take advantage of that. Well, in the polling game, if you have a history and a reputation for getting uh, uh, elections wrong, for your polling services being awful, for you predicting based on the responses of the people that you have surveyed being completely out of touch with reality when the when the votes come in nobody commissions you to conduct another survey you follow what i'm saying gallup rasmussen abc news washington post nbc new york times all of the the major polling services make their money by being accurate because people say they nailed it, they nailed it on that one, they nailed it on that one. The history shows um, how successful they've been at predicting these things by way of polls. And so therefore, that's who in this next one, we want to get a real idea of where we are. And the reason why campaigns, of course, need to know this is they need to know how much money to pour into a particular race. If the polls show that they're down by 20, they're probably not going to pour any more money into a race because they know that's a lost cause. It can be better spent somewhere where there's a three-point gap somewhere else. So the polls matter so much. Their accuracy is is their is their lifeblood. Their accuracy is their you know it's their money maker. It's it's how they get paid by being accurate. That's how they get new jobs, new commissionings every time. Well, I'll ask you this, and if you can send me one, I'd be glad to look at it. But I've looked, and I'm confident you won't find one. Find me one national polling service that showed the Democrats winning the Senate and or the House. Just one. Because I truly believe that literally every single polling service in America showed the Republicans winning anywhere between a moderate, a moderate-sized landslide, 
of maybe 15 to 20 seats in the House and two or three seats in the Senate to a massive tsunami of 35 to 45 seats in the Senate, or in the House, rather, and four or five seats in the Senate. Now, that's not most of them. That's all of them. No polling service, to my knowledge, prove me wrong, and I'll, I'll, I'll apologize, but no polling service nationally said the Democrats are going to win. And these are companies, again, that make their money based on their accuracy. So if every polling service showed a Republican either moderate landslide or massive landslide, none of them showed that Democrats were going to win squat. And every single one of them was wrong? All of them? All of these companies who make their, 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 their money based on their accuracy screwed it all up? Really? I'm having a hard time believing that. These are common sensible ideas and, and thoughts. The, every, Wayne Allen Root wrote this. Every poll in the country showed that the top two issues by a mile were inflation and the economy and crime. Inflation economy being one. Inflation slash economy being one and crime was in second place, closely followed by open borders. All of those were massive negatives for Democrats in all of the polls. And yet the Democrats won. Wait, what? CNN's own exit polls showed the GOP making massive gains among almost every voting group. Men, women, white men, white women, blacks, Hispanics, young voters, everyone. These are CNN showing their exit polls as they're coming in. Everybody said Republican tsunami or at least moderate, uh, you know, solid moderate wave. And yet the Democrats won the Senate. And they did, by the way, because they have 50 now. It's official. The Georgia runoff will decide whether it's 50-50 with Kamala still having the tiebreak vote or it's a straight 51-49. But they've won the Senate. And now they're within striking distance at 212 to 204 at the start of the show today. As somehow five days, six days in, they're still counting. Impossibly. But the House is still in play. That would mean every polling service isn't worth squat. That would mean CNN and its exit polling, Fox and its polling, all of the media, everybody. I mean, I said this to to, um, to Wayne Allen Root, too. Democrats were acting as if this was going to be just a, a, a horrible night for them. They knew. They knew. Polling doesn't lie. At least not every single poll. They knew. They were telling Biden, you can't run again. Our party's dying. They were telling uh, their leadership, Nancy Pelosi, you got to go. You got to go. People hate you, and we're about to get crushed. We're going to lose our majority. They all knew. And yet somehow at the end of the day, well, no, at the end of now six days and still counting, they're still counting. And maybe, just maybe, they're going to hold on to the House as well. They're as shocked as anybody because the fix has to be in. That's just as simple as I can say it. Sally and Berea, thank you for your patience. I know you've been there for a bit. You're on AM 1420. The answer, good morning, and go right ahead. Hi, Bob. As a family member of a World War II vet, we thank you for your work on the approval and dedication of the D-Day Pripper. When Peter Christenauer hosted your show, um, he took some inspirational calls regarding area school programs the students presented to vets. 
we attended one several years ago, and the students showed great knowledge and patriotism. These students give me hope for the future, and it's a voting populace that we need to work out, reach out to um, our younger um, voters. And so I'm just going to keep advocating for um, traditional educational standards and resistance to changes in Title IX. And again, thank you. Well, Sally, thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it. And I echo your concerns and I echo your support for young voters, uh, educating young voters, because they are being indoctrinated right now into more than just left-leaning values. They're being indoctrinated into woke ideology that is going to, they're going to carry with them into the ballot or to the, uh, to the ballot boxes for years and years and years to come. We need to, uh, we need to return education to that. And to your first point, thank you so much for the comments. I was honored. And as I said, really humbled to be invited to be a part of something that I was not a major part of for 11 years. Chris Long was a part of it for 11 years. Bill Johnson, Rob Portman, uh, Bill Federer, and the team of fundraisers uh, and organizers, they were a part of it for 11 years. I just got to stand there and make some word, you know, say some words um, in between the terrific speeches by Chris and Bill Johnson and Bill Federer and others. And just uh, it was an honor. It was a true honor to bring that prayer to life. And it'll be completed, by the way, next month, I'm told, in December. Don't have a date, but it'll be completed. We got a chance to see it under construction at our event on Friday, and it's a, it's a glorious thing to behold. It's really amazing. Um, Mike in uh, Akron next. Hi, Mike. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead. Hey, good morning, Bob. You're a great American. There are only two genders, and Ron DeSantis was the star of the election. And I am excited that, you know, going forward, I agree with uh, Jim Jordan that we got to embrace this, you know, mail-in voting, and I know people that didn't vote because they were going on vacation or just things came up, and we it's too important not to vote, to not participate in this great experiment called a democratic republic. So I think we have to embrace that, and, and you know, there's the Democrats pull every string that they possibly can. They'll, they'll promote candidates from church pulpits. They'll go to universities and, and sign thousands of students up. And we've got to do – we, we need to recruit Scott Presslers to go and, and, and recruit people and get them signed up and, and uh, to get them to participate. And we just got to do a better job. And I think one of the big misses is – I go to a big church in Akron, and not one message was about any of the issues surrounding the election. And I just, I just find that a huge miss. I think one of the greatest ways that we can fight against evil in our culture is for the church to participate in, in elections. Politics is not a dirty word. It's important that we participate because every law in the book represents someone's view of morality. So if anybody should be participating, it should be the church. So that's all I wanted to say. Thank you for all you do. You're a great American. Mike, I'm glad you said those things. Thank you so much for the call. Um, you're right about the church, but unfortunately so many leftists who don't have any use for church, who don't have any belief in God, they don't have any belief in the faith that this country was founded upon, they threaten these churches with reporting them to the IRS and forcing them to lose their tax-exempt status because they're engaging in politics from the pulpit, as if that's something that should not happen. I concur with you. I completely agree. For what is a pastor or preacher or priest or deacon or rabbi or whomever for, for, for what is their purpose if not to talk with their flock about evil that, that threatens them and to remind them 
that there is goodness that counteracts that evil. But we have to embrace it, and we have to seek it out, and we have to support it. And that means, yeah, in the world of politics, in the world in which we live, how is it in any way inappropriate for, for, for faith leaders to tell their flocks that they must go out and spread the good word, they must go out and spread uh, the family values, the Christian values or Jewish values that they believe in, because that is literally what their job is. And guess what? If evil takes over at the leadership of our country and at the leadership of our communities, well, then it's not the word of God that gets spread. It's literally the opposite. It's the word of evil that starts to take root. And I think we're seeing that in far too many places. So I concur with you, and I thank you so much. By the way, speaking of churches, I want to hit this super quick going into the break. We need you to join us at the CFFS, that's Citizens for Free Speech, National Town Hall. Uh, coming up on Wednesday, two days from now, we're going to be live in person at the Liberty Valley Church in Northfield. And so is Tom DeWeese. Tom DeWeese is going to be talking about the Great Reset, what the elites have planned for all of us. He'll share how free speech and local activism are the keys to thwarting the technocratic agenda that gains that is gaining momentum across the globe, including the Great Reset. And yes, the United States is working with other foreign governments in a multinational effort to, quite frankly, rob us of constitutional protections we enjoy in this country. So we're going to be live, in person, in Northfield, at the Liberty Valley Church on Wednesday. If you're looking for information on how to get there, how to get a ticket and get admission, go to citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio, citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio. Now, if you can't make it there, the good news is we're going to stream it live as well on the webpage. There will be a national town hall with Tom DeWeese. I will speak. Tom will speak. Patrick Wood will speak. Uh, and we'll take questions as well. So you can either be there in person or watch it live. But we'd love to have you there in person on Wednesday in Northfield. Quick time out. Right back. Always right Radio. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by Keeping Medicare Simple and The Floor King. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. is Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three now underway at 10 minutes past 11 o'clock on this Monday, the 14th morning of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2022. We remain guest-free the rest of the program, so phone lines are open to you at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. I want to apologize. Last caller brought up uh, that there are only two genders. 
which reminded me that I neglected my duty uh, to give you your daily uh, Pastor Mark Robinson. I'm doing this on Twitter, and I've been doing it for, I don't know, how long have I been back on Twitter? Three weeks since I rejoined under uh, Elon Musk's leadership, which, by the way, still is not confirmed to have been fully supportive and defensive of the First Amendment. So we'll see where it goes. But I still think it's better at the moment than it was uh, under uh, left-wing leadership. Musk, of course, is not a right-winger. He's not a conservative. He's just not a radical left-winger. He just tries to support free speech. So, so far, so good. We'll see. But anyway, every day on Twitter, I, I tweet the following. Good morning. It is Sunday, November 13, 2022, and this is your daily reminder that at play one version or another of Mark Robinson. That was yesterday's. I'm just staring at it. Today's would be the same thing, and I'm trying to do it on the radio as well. So, good morning. It is Monday, November 14, 2022, and this is your daily reminder that... Ain't but two genders. Two genders. Ain't nothing but men and women. You can go to the doctor and get cut up. You can go down to the dress shop and get made up. You can go down there and get drugged up. But at the end of the day, you were just a drugged up, dressed up, made up, cut up, man or woman. Ain't but two genders. (laughs) Ain't but two. Not three, not four, not 97, not as many as your weird, warped, psychologically damaged and impaired mind can come up with. Just two, no matter what you try to do. So I'm going to try to continue that uh, that every single morning. And if I forget, treat it like the pledge. If I ever skip the pledge and miss the pledge, people are all over me. And uh, rightfully so. Treat it like that. If I were forget to remind you how many genders there are through Pastor Mark every day, uh, you let me know, and I will correct that mistake. Speaking of that very briefly, there is a tweet that I wanted to make your, make you aware of. From the NEA today, that's the NEA, the Radical Teachers Union, the largest teachers union in the country, the National Education Association. So NEA today tweeted, uh, this was Saturday, not today, but Saturday, educators love their students and know better than anyone what they need to learn and to thrive. And that just struck me. It struck me, you know, and and <laughs> the temerity that they have, the, the gall that they have to suggest that the teachers in our schools know better than the parents of our children what our children need to learn and to thrive. The, the statement that they make there just underscores the woke problem we have in our public schools. They think their job is to raise your kids and teach them what to think. Not how to problem solve, not how to read and to write, not how to do biology experiments or dissect frogs, not how to study human anatomy in biology classes and in in health classes, not to study actual factual American history as opposed to radical reinvented and rewritten American history. Their job is to teach the curriculum of our educational system, not to try to instill their warped left-wing values into our kids. And the fact that they say they know better than parents do is simply reprehensible. It's what we fight against. It's one of the most important things that we're fighting right now. So I just responded. You can follow me on Twitter 
at Always Right Radio, or you can look up at France on Air. And here's what I wrote. Know your role, NEA, today, and stay in your lane. Teach them to read and write, which is your job. It is not your job to teach them false history, nor is it to try and instill your own left-wing values into our children. I will die on this hill, or I will stand triumphantly over your dead careers. That's what I will do. I will either die on that hill or I will stand in victory over their dead careers because they do not deserve to be in classrooms if this is what they're going to do. To that end, let me get, throw you this, and I will go right to your phone calls after, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. But I received this this morning from a member of the Ohio State Central Committee, Republican Party State Central Committee, and I wasn't aware, so I want to share. This Wednesday... The Ohio SAFE Act will have opposing testimony from 10 to 12 in room 122 at the Ohio State House in Columbus. We have been asked to fill that room and support the legislators and call for the chair to vote on this bill and put safeguards in place. The bill is not perfect, however, it would defend Medicaid reimbursements and instill mental health requirements back into our children's hospitals who have been clearly who have clearly lost their way when it comes to appropriate treatment for children with mental health issues that take on the transgender identity as their shield that will solve all of their problems unfortunately this self-identification is leading to affirmation and medicalized identity that they would have grown out of join us as we fill the room with supporters arrive as early as you can and fill the seats so the activists cannot Dress in red, white, and blue. Shake your heads when they speak because they have nothing to prove that transitioning children is studied and evidence-based medicine. We need to demand that they protect our children from activist medical providers who worship WPATH and uh, do surgeries on our kids and pump them with drugs, claiming they are life-saving. Let's stand up for our kids. Thank you from the parents of the Cardinal Support Network. So I don't know how many people have the opportunity to go down to Columbus on Wednesday and do that, but I wanted you to make uh, to be aware of it. Excuse me, because this kind of thing is exactly what we have to fight on the state and local levels. Um, that's literally what it is all about. It's why we have continued to fight and give you the contact information for legislators, contact information for Ohio Board of Education members. Whenever we're fighting, uh, you know, for the you know, or opposing rather the. Uh, federal government's changes to Title IX to essentially erase girls as an actual sex and just say anybody who feels like one is one and allowing them to participate on their athletic teams, allowing them to shower with them, change with them in private spaces and so forth. All of the things that they're trying to do to change Title IX to uh, accept gender identity as an actual sex along with girls. So we fight these things every single day, and I will apologize not. I will support people like uh, Jonathan Broadbent and the good folks at uh, Protect Ohio Children, you know, Diane and John Stover and so many others. Uh, I will support them, and I will do everything that I can to give them a voice and give them a platform because our children are literally in jeopardy. I'll say the last thing to make it obvious, you know, it's not, not that you don't already know this. There are a very, 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 very tiny percentage of people and kids who have something called gender dysphoria, where their mind is not quite matching up with their body. It is a teeny, tiny number of people. 
the rest of them who are claiming to be coming out as trans or non-binary or multi-binary or multi-spirited or this, that, or the other thing, the rest of them are attention seekers who are trying to please the adult groomers in their lives, who are trying to drag them into an alternative lifestyle for the purposes of their own political power. That's the sad reality. They are being pushed into this, coerced into this, groomed into this lifestyle. A very, very tiny select few have the actual condition called gender dysphoria. And what kind of a condition is it? It's a psychological condition. How do we treat psychological conditions in an advanced, developed society? Do we chop off body parts to deal with the psychological condition, or do we treat the psychological condition? Do we treat the psyche? And the answer is you treat the psyche. If somebody thinks they are two people, you don't cut them in half and let them be two people. You work on their mind until their mind understands they're not two people. They don't have a split personality. They're just one human being. Yet the radical, destructive American left and the LGBTQ butchers, including the doctors who profit exponentially off of the the prescription of these puberty-blocking drugs and then the radical body-altering surgeries that immediately follow, they want you to think that the best way to treat a person who's got a legitimate disconnect between their mind and their body is to bodily mutilate them. Cut parts of their body off, use some plastic surgery to create new body parts and stick them on, and think that you're treating and affirming this individual's worth when what you're doing is butchering them. Instead of teaching them that their body, from their chromosomes, through their anatomy, through their genetics, is either male or female, and their mind needs to be trained or or repaired or fixed or provided with therapy or whatever the case you want to call it. It is their mind that deserves to be treated, not their bodies. Help their mind come to grips with what they biologically are rather than the butchers being allowed to cut them up. It is one of the most obscene and disgusting events, I think, in modern human history, that there is now a massive push to carve up children who are confused, many of whom aren't even confused, they're just going along with the trends, only to come to their regret later on in life after they've been carved up, what have I done? Why did the adults in my life fail me? Why did the adults in my life let me have my breast removed? Why did the adults in my life allow me to have my penis chopped off? Why did the adults in my life allow me to, 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 to have my reproductive organs moved and then have, have a, a, a pseudo-plastic uh, penis attached to me? Why did the adults in my life not tell me What was going on? I will die on this hill. And I will remind everyone who is confused by this, everyone, that if your mind doesn't match for whatever reason what your body tells you, what science tells you, what your chromosomes tell you, what your anatomy tells you, what your physiology tells you, what your biology tells you, then you work on the mind. You don't work on the body. You work on the mind. But two genders, two genders, ain't nothing but men and women. You can go to the doctor and get cut up. You can go down to the dress shop and get made up. 
You can go down there and get drugged up. But at the end of the day, you were just a drugged up, dressed up, made up, cut up, man or woman. And that is the end of the story. It's 1123. I'll be right back. Hey friends, Bob France here for the good folks at my favorite store, Discount Drug Mart. Discount Drug Mart has everything you need. I don't care if you're looking for turkey decorations or if you're looking for Christmas decorations. It's all coming. Discount Drug Mart has got you covered from stem to stern, from beginning to end, from pillar to post, for your Thanksgiving dinner. And guess what else? They're here to help you and your health. Because adult vaccines are available. Every year, thousands of adults become seriously ill or hospitalized, even die from diseases that could have been prevented. Uh, and the good news is Discount Drug Mart is your immunization destination. It's all easy to protect yourself. Discount Drug Mart's friendly team of pharmacists can administer all of the vaccines you need to prevent the diseases, including flu, shingles, and whooping cough. Each year, the flu is responsible for more than 200,000 hospitalizations and 14,000 deaths in the U.S. alone. Whooping cough is highly contagious and is especially dangerous for infants. If you had chickenpox as a child, too, you're at risk for getting shingles, which can cause long-lasting, debilitating pain. Just stop by. Discount Drug Mart's going to have you in and out quickly and safely and with peace of mind. They are immunization destination. So whether you need things for the upcoming holidays or you just need to go out there and make sure that you are healthy and ready to get through the winter season, Discount Drug Mart saves you the runaround. They've got everything you need. Because I got to have faith. Okay, 1126, we'll get to some phone calls here. We're going to go to Roz, who's been waiting patiently in Cleveland. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Good morning, Roz. Go ahead. Hello. Without knowing exactly what I was going to speak on, you went right there. Which was? When I pulled my sample ballot to see my last, to do the last of my um, preparing to vote, I found that there were no candidates, Democrat or Republican, for the state board of elections for my area. There is no excuse for this. The party what? should have known when the day after the, the turn in for the ballots, and I run for office, so I, I know you got that well mm-hmm. ahead of time. Right. Uh, they could have run a write-in, and then one person, we could have had a conservative voice down there. Well, there were f- there were four seats available. Three of them were went to um, uh, to far-left Democrats on that board. Um, uh, John Hagan kept his seat. Charlotte McGuire, who is the uh, uh, president of the uh, of the Board of Education right now, she was unopposed. Uh, I had one ballot or one election on my ballot because of the di- district I was in, and I voted for Sarah McGurvey, but unfortunately, Teresa Fetter won. But, you know, the, the, the districts that had seats open, I, I understand the districts that had seats open did have the names on their ballots. 
So uh, well, I, I don't know what di- I don't know no. what state board district you're in. I don't know what I don't know what district you're in that maybe just did not have uh, an open seat in your particular district. I'm telling time. you, it said no petitions were pulled. It said no petitions were pulled. It, yes. So no Democrat and no Republican. There's no excuse. What district are you in? Downtown GOP. Huh? What district are you in? I, I, I'm i not sure what district number it is. I don't remember. Okay. Um, it would help. My, it, what I'm saying is, and I, I'm not at home, so I can't put that. But. Okay. Cuyahoga County. And if it crosses county, I'm, I'm calling out the other GOP chairs, too. You should have known, you should have done a write-in, and then one lousy vote would have put us with a conservative on that board. Okay, I'll tell you, I'm going to check with some people, Roz, and thank you for the phone call. I'm going to check with some people who are on the board or who have been on the board to find out exactly how that works, and we'll find out why what you're seeing is what you're seeing, and we'll find out you know, whether or not there was something that could have been done there. Um, this is the first I've heard of anything like that. Like I said, the ones, the districts in which there were reelected seats, this time there were fights. There were four of them, like I said. Three of them went to uh, far-left uh, individuals, and, uh, and John Hagan kept his seat. Um, that's all I can tell you. As far as not having any names, no petitions were pulled. I, I don't believe there are any open seats on the Board of Election that are not filled by the governor. The governor gets to appoint a certain number of those seats on the Board of Education. So as far as what you're saying, I'm just unfamiliar. I'll talk with somebody who is on that board or who, or who has been on that board uh, about the way those kinds of things are done on the ballots. Thank you, Roz. We'll come back with more calls right after this. To always write radio on the answer. Okay, eleven thirty-five. Let's go right back to the phones. Quick reminder, too, just on a couple of uh, important events that are coming up. <clears throat> Number one, I've got uh, our next edition of our episode of our new podcast. Uh, talking smack with Bob and Jack. Jack Windsor of the Ohio Press Network and I do a uh, twice-weekly podcast now. This will be episode number four tonight, 7 p.m. sharp. It'll be broadcast, uh, streamed rather, on Facebook Live, and we'll take your comments and questions on the issues that we're talking about uh, uh, during the actual podcast. And then we're in the process of getting our podcast channels opened on Spotify, iHeart, and so on and so forth. And then you'll be able to watch those on delay, you know, uh, download those and watch and listen to those anytime you wish. But it'll be live on Facebook Live, streamed on Facebook Live at 7 o'clock, Talk and Smack with Bob and Jack. So make sure you look for that on Jack Windsor's page or on my page. And uh want to remind you also about um, Wednesday, as we have our Citizens for Free Speech National Town Hall featuring Tom DeWeese, who will be with us at the Liberty Valley Church in Northfield on Wednesday, this Wednesday. You need to register for that event. We want you to come out to Northfield. It's going to be an amazing presentation on the Great Reset and what the elites have planned for you by Tom DeWeese. We're going to have a lot of great information about Citizens for Free Speech. We're going to be giving away copies of our newspaper, um, the Free Speech uh, Statesman. And all of that you can register for online at citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio. Also, you can register on that page to watch the event streaming if you cannot make it to Northfield. We plan to stream it nationwide to members, CFFS members, all across the country. But you've got to register to get that email to provide you the link to uh, watch the stream. So go ahead and uh, uh, register now. 
either in person or for the stream at citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio, citizensforfreespeech.org slash Ohio. Back to it, and we're going to go next to Navy Man Norm in Strongsville. Norm, good morning. Go right ahead. I'm just curious, Bob. Are they using their fingers and toes to count the votes in Maricopa <laughs> County, Arizona? Yeah, I mean, it would appear so. It is just unfreaking believable. And what's more unbelievable is this: Bill Gates, the chairman of the Election uh, Commission for Maricopa County, is a Republican, and he's taking shots at Carrie Lake because she has the audacity. To question not only the process but the integrity of the process. It, it just well, not only not only question that she has planned to blow it up if she is able to allow and allowed to win the election. Uh, she said her first act on day one is going to be to completely abolish the Arizona electoral system, which is an annual or by a semi annual. How is it? Uh, every other yeah. every two years, I guess biannual. Yeah. Um, you know, mess. It is a disaster. So she's right to want to do that. Yeah. And the second thing I wanted to comment on was your comment about preachers in the pulpit. Um, when we do have a man of courage, like Father James Altman from St. James Church in Wisconsin, who spoke out strongly about the unborn, about right to life, and the lack of guts in the Catholic Church, bishops and cardinals, uh, to speak out, he was defrocked by his bishop because of a complaint filed by some left-wing activist loon minister. And to me, that is not only unconscionable, but there's about a dozen other priests, along with Father Altman, who have been defrocked by the bishops and the cardinals of the Roman Catholic Church. Now, if anybody should be defrocked, it's these gutless cowards, many of whom are homosexual if i insulted anybody so well let's 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 not do that though norm that's not the point the point needs to be okay. about no. yeah because no, we get off on we, we get off into that stuff and it it, it diminishes okay. the message stay on the message which is which is important uh, important here and that is yeah. that the, the 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 preachers the priests the pastors the reverends whatever you want to call all of them and all the various churches need to be able to talk to their flocks about the about good and evil and that means what is good and evil in their lives in the in the in the in the, in the gift that god gave us this planet this culture this society this earth, uh, we need to be able to talk about those things without fear of being defrocked or, in some of the other cases, having your tax-exempt status revoked for violating separations of church and state, uh, states as they like to see it. So I yeah, just want to stay on message. Okay. My apologies, Bob. Uh, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops is gutless. There's only about two cardinals in that group, and one of them is uh, Cardinal, I think it's Bishop or Cardinal Corleone of San Francisco, who said, no way is Nancy going to get communion in yeah. his diocese. And and this is what blows my mind. Well, some have said that as well, Norm, is uh, about uh, Joe Biden. Uh, there, there have been, there have been I, I want to say, cardinals, maybe, who have said that Joe Biden, maybe not his, uh, but have said, he, you know, as long as he's in a publicly advocate for the murder of the unborn or the preborn, that he cannot and shall not receive communion because he's in a state of sin and, he is, and he's not repentant yeah. about it. So that that's my yeah. understanding. But I also the thing, Norman, i got to go here, and I appreciate the call because i got a ton of people to talk to here. It's not just Catholic Church. 
It's not, I know you're a Catholic. I'm a Catholic too. But um, you know, in the Christian churches, uh, all over, and in fact, there are many rabbis uh, preaching in 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 temple that uh, you know some of the same things that we're talking about here. They have to be able to do so. Pastor Jeff Torring in the Liberty Valley Church, where we're going to be Wednesday night, does a phenomenal job in his Christian non-denominational church of of talking about the truth marrying faith to public policy and the things that uh, intersect for for the benefit of all of his his uh, his you know parishioners and beyond so um thank you norm charlie is in uh, brown hill Tur- charlie go right ahead tj in cleveland is tj there yeah you know bob you had a call from a lady before about why in- why aren't the churches stepping up more to confront you know the evil yeah well you know you and i both know Evil has infiltrated every aspect of American society, and it's even infiltrated the church. And I believe it was last year a Catholic bishop in New York made a most profound statement when he said, a wolf in sheep's clothing is bad. A wolf in shepherd's clothing is disastrous. And that's what we have. We have many wolves in shepherd's clothing, just like we have wolves in judges' robes and and politicians' suits. But that's what's happening, and it's uh, time for, you know, the people that want to confront this to stand up and confront it and and damn the consequences. Well, you're right, and I think that's very profound too. The wolf in the shepherd's clothing uh, clothing is 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 disastrous. Hey, TJ, just uh, off the topic here for a second. When I was in D.C. on uh, on Friday, in addition to having the World War II memorial um, ceremony that we did with the addition of the D-Day prayer, Bill Federer, American historian, took us on a tour of all the war memorials there. And I took a picture in front of one of the uh, statues at the Vietnam Memorial specifically for you. So I want you to hold the line here, and I want you to tell Marianne how I can get this to you, because uh, I did it specifically thinking of you when we get, we went to the Vietnam, we went to the Korean War Memorial as well. We learned so much that we did not know about the wars, about individual battles, and about the commemoration of those things. Um, but there, there were some statues, obviously, at the Vietnam War Memorial, in addition to the wall. Uh, and uh, and I got a picture, and I just want to send it to you. So hold the line, and we'll get it. We'll get it. Uh, we'll get you set up there. Okay, buddy. Bob, 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 real quick, real quick. Yeah. I I went to see the mini wall years ago. Yep. As I was looking up names, my wife took a picture from behind me. Yeah. And on the wall was an imprint, like a red imprint of a of a human. I've had people that you know in photography say they can't explain it, and to this day, I wonder what that was. You know, was that a spirit of one of the soldiers or something that showed up in that photograph? I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I don't hear my friend, but um, but obviously, you know, that's that's very emotional for a lot of people to see these, uh, uh, you know, these important memorials. And uh, and like I said, I just wanted to share that one with you. And, thank and you, thank TJ. you for the picture, Bob. Thank you. You got it. You got it. Hold the line. Talk to Marianne. We'll figure out how I can get that to you. Uh, by the way, if those if you have never been to those particular memorials in, in uh, Washington, D.C., Make it, put it on your life's bucket list. The the Korean War Memorial too, in particular, is is something to behold. Um, you, you, I can't, I can't, I can't do it justice with words. You just put it on your bucket list and make sure you get there. All of those war memorials must be observed before you die. I find that very important. That's all the time we've got. Thanks to everybody. Thanks to my guests. Thanks to my crew. And thanks to you for listening. Be well. Be safe. Stay free. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.